Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario. Welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do at least monthly in two forms. First of all, I do it in a video form here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, as well as a audio-only form, so you can take this around and listen to it well like an actual podcast. Simply look up Mod Chat, all one word, on your favorite podcasting app, host, or provider, and you should hopefully be able to find it there. It's not available on all major platforms but it's available on most of them at least either way this is where we kind of just talk about some interesting topics in the world of the modding scene for game consoles it's not necessarily a news show and if you want to treat it as news i mean most certainly but this is more things that i find interesting that i want to discuss with you all and we have some fun with it as well too if you all can see right over there uh we also have my dog lily in the background she's a uh, Oh, there we go. There we go. She's, uh, I thought she was sleeping, but she's awake. So I guess she'll be here for this episode as well, too. But either way, we have a good amount of topics to get into. Not all too many, thankfully, here. But you know what? We're going to go with some quality versus quantity this time around. So let's just go ahead and hop right into it with some PlayStation 4 news. With this here for PS4, EMC, or Southbridge custom firmware for fat models, I found this to be pretty interesting, but I'm actually not even going to mention it in the title just because I don't want to mislead anyone into thinking this is like a custom firmware that you would think of, for example, that the PlayStation 3 has where it's a flashable pup update file that you flash at the system and you have, you know, complete unsigned code access and complete access to the whole system, like right at cold boot. Just getting it out of the way here, that is not what this is covering here. However, this is technically a custom firmware for a component on the PlayStation 4. It's stating here that PlayStation 4 FAT models, the earlier ones, so the CUH1000 and 1100 models, now have the ability for a custom firmware. This is in the Southbridge EMC that acts like a second syscon or system controller. Now this is an advanced task, as they say, and you can do some damage to your PS4 if you do not follow the instructions, and even so there's always a risk when you're messing with internal flash, EMC in this case. So this is a use at your own risk release. You have been warned of the potentials. It looks like this does work up to firmware 9.03 and also works on dev kits and even early test kits. Now stated from Zeko Xiao here, this only grants performance over the Southbridge and Syscon, but does not grant performance over SAMU. It's just over Southbridge and Syscon. You can think of it as a second Syscon. So in layman terms, this is not like your traditional PSP, PS3 custom firmware, but rather a firmware for the EMC chip, not the actual PS4's firmware. Don't confuse the two. The custom firmware EMC will allow for various things like making the console beep, change temperature limits, increase or decrease fan speed, etc. So like I said at the beginning of this here, this is not a actual like full custom firmware that you would think of for the system. This is a custom firmware for a component on the system on some of the PlayStation 4 systems. So far, this is not available working on pro systems, and this is just going to be the earlier fat revisions. And I guess, yeah, not the slims on there either. And when it's talking about, you know, changing temperature threshold limits, 
limits, uh, changing the beeps on there as well too. So I'm sure if you want to make your PS4 beep more, if you want it to beep in a separate way, if you even want it to be a quiet system, which wouldn't be a bad thing, then you can certainly mess around with this custom firmware right here. It's going to be very low level stuff like that. So really this is a super interesting topic in regards to reversing the system, learning more about the internals and seeing what we can do. But for the average end user, this is not something that really people are going to be utilizing or would even really be recommended just because again, even with the process right here, it is stated that you can cause some serious damage and brick your system. Funny enough, I'm actually even going to cite Wikipedia on here. I don't think I've done this on the show, but just to even explain what a Southbridge chip is, even just looking at the overview here, it's stating a Southbridge chipset handled many of a computer's IO functions such as USB, audio, the system BIOS, the ISA bus, or the LPC bus, low speed PCI, PCI, e-bus and just so much more here even like SATA storage NVMe storage anything like that so that's why I'm saying that the Southbridge chip itself it's really a Southbridge custom firmware so to speak uh, but this is not again just stressing this not like a custom firmware we would typically think of this would be able to allow us to customize a lot of the low level functionality of the PlayStation 4 but it's not going to be really even saying this here it's not going to be something that's going to just allow a cold booting jailbroken PS4 to suddenly exist. But even looking at the end of this post here, it does show the hardware that you will need in order to do this as well as the software. And there is a full tutorial which is linked here over on the form. On top of that, it looks like if you have one of these earlier systems and you want to do this using a software only method, you're actually able to do that as well too. Uh, it's only on 5.05 so far, and there is also a link to that here. However, it's saying, make sure that the file you're flashing is in the right location, you'll brick otherwise. Make sure the file is properly encrypted, you'll brick otherwise. Make sure that the file has the correct size, you'll brick otherwise. And again, make sure the MD5 sum of 0.bin is correct. So uh, there's a lot here. Now, in the world of homebrew on the PlayStation 4, I also thought that this Wolo article citing Icon Mask being updated was pretty interesting. And just Icon Mask overall that I haven't covered on here. So just getting right into this article here, it states, Icon Mask is a simple PS4 homebrew app that allows you to modify the appearance of your icons by applying a simple PNG mask on them. This lets you tweak transparency, add borders, have your icon shown with an official looking PS4 box icon, etc. So as you can see, you're able to change how these look here, and then this is how a modified, uh, I guess, XMB with icon mask looks. So this has been updated to a newer version on here, but get this, I haven't even tried this at all. So I wanna do something a little different on this episode here that I haven't been able to do here recently. I actually wanted to do a little more hands-on stuff here. So what I did was I actually downloaded Icon Mask 1.05 and we're just gonna go over to a jailbroken PS4 and give this a shot. All right, so I just got Gold Hen up and running on here. Let's go ahead and give this an install. So I'll come up here, I'm gonna go to the package installer, Icon Mask, and again, I have not tried this until now. I want to try it all here on the show. So let's give it a shot. Icon Mask is looking good, fire this up. And we're going to use a 9.00 firmware because that's what I'm using on here. 
Uh, you can apply this to system apps, transparent. Let's see what we're going to do here. So a circle, circle with a white border, PS4 disc, PS4 box, Nubis square. Actually, that one looks pretty cool. All right. Glass box, mechanic. Oh, that's a really cool looking one as well, too. Okay, uh, also, I'm even noticing as well, just at the bottom, it says could not get read-write permissions, can't apply masks to system apps icons. That's totally fine, I don't mind. That's cool. All right, the PlayStation logo is pretty dope on there, and then this is just the default. So let's go ahead and pick one of these, for example. Uh, I like this one here. Let's go ahead and... Now, which one am I selecting? Okay, so the blue would mean that's the one that's selected. Let me even look at like the pre-made icons here. Huh, okay. So I'm able to change these out manually if I want to. I'm not going to do that, but let's see. Did it? I pressed circle and I came back here, but I'm not out of this. Let me actually just close out of this again. Give it a shot here, see what we can do. Again, haven't navigated this before, so this is interesting here. But here we go. Let me try to change the mask again. Come over to Mechanic. Let's apply it. And here we go. It's just applying to all my games. So it's going pretty fast here, and it's hitting everything. Those are like all the PS1 games or PS2 games as well, too. Got a couple of Saturn games. Uh, reboot the PS4 to see the changes or change the mask and apply again. All right, so I'm going to exit out of this. Close application. Awesome. No changes on here yet, but again, we have to restart the con. Oh, wait. Some of them are. All right, so you can see right here, for example. Interesting. Okay, but let me go ahead and restart the PS4 first just so we can like actually see it because you can see it looks a little messy. This is not how it's supposed to properly look here, but that's all good. Let's just reboot this thing. All right, so we got the PS4 booting up. Haven't uh, booted up Gold Hand or anything just yet because obviously this is coming out of a cold boot here, but yo, check that out. All right. So because this does make the change to the X and B itself, uh, it does persist, which is real nice. But that looks real cool. And of course, as it said, it wasn't able to modify the system UI stuff. But this looks really cool. All right, going into the library. And even so, right over here, it makes all the necessary changes. That's awesome. That's actually really cool. And it was as simple as that. So I actually like this uh, this mechanic look here. I think I might just keep this here for a bit. But yeah, that is all there is to it with Icon Mask. <laughs> That's a pretty cool application. I was excited to take a look at this here, so I'm glad I was able to take a look at it. So next up here, we have something in regards to the PlayStation 5, which I hope would be... There we go, it got Lily moving, there we go. <laughs> I was gonna say, I hope it's not as like non-exciting as that. And it's still exciting, but mind you, this is not going to be a all-out big jailbreak or anything. This is just at least something interesting that we can take a look at here. And yet again, I figured we'd have a little bit of fun with this because I have not personally tried this, but Let's just go ahead and give this a shot here as well. But first, let's get into what exactly this is. So over on GitHub, Chap had ended up releasing this 
repository here, which is PS5 WebKit Execution. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it's because Chindochap is one of the people behind the most recent Poob S4 jailbreak for PlayStation 4 systems on firmware 9.00. I mean, he's one of the people responsible for what I was just able to show you with my own jailbroken PlayStation 4. However, the awesome people have been doing work on the PlayStation 5 because the exploit that is utilized on firmware 9.00 on the PlayStation 4 uh, is still available on the PS5 as well too. Uh, Currently one firmware version behind, you have to be on firmware I think 04.03, but either way on here, this is not a jailbreak by any means, this is a WebKit exploit or WebKit execution here, but just getting right into this, it states here in the introduction, uh, the PS5 was released on November 12, 2020. While it's similar to the PS4 and its architecture, the security model is vastly improved on both kernel and userland fronts. Below is some key system information on system software and some of the changes from the last generation. It uses free BSD11. There's no development access, i.e. can't run unsigned code without exploits. To date, there are no public exploits added mitigations in kernel and user land, and added hypervisor that handles security and app containers. Now, there's a pretty good write-up here that I'm not going to get too far into in regards to the overview and such, and this is really covering uh, when... I guess reports of this were initially discovered from Project Zero, uh, a proof-of-concept ex- exploit for the PS4 based off of that from Slayer's Govi, which was then later modified, of course, here to utilize for kernel exploit access on firmware 9.00, uh, and this is partially from the font face exploit, which we have talked about here on the channel before. Uh, now, this is also interesting because the font face exploit is not available on super low firmwares. It even says here, like, lower firmwares such as 2.00 don't seem to be vulnerable, likely because the relevant font face code isn't present in older builds of WebKit. This holds true on PS4 as well, as firmwares lower than 9.00 can't be exploited with this WebKit bug. However, on firmware 04.03, they found that this browser was vulnerable on the PlayStation 5. I did want to come down here to the conclusion itself because it's stating here that gaining user land code execution on PS5 is trickier than on PS4, but it's possible. Of course, this is made easier by the fact that we have binaries and thus access to ROP gadgets. Otherwise, achieving code execution would have been far more difficult due to XOM. This is a user land exploit, attacking the kernel is much more difficult due to above mitigations, and is left for a future write-up. Now the credits for this go to Chindochap as well as Z Null Pointer, and they have special thanks going out to an anonymous resource, Spectre, Slears Govi, and everyone that donated. So we at least have something here on PlayStation 5. Now even the something is you know, a thing that we're going to try out. This is all web, like website code right here. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to try this out here on a PlayStation 5. I have not tried this up until now, but let's kind of just walk through this. First, I'll just go ahead, come up here and download the source. For this, I'm also going to use XAMPP. I've used it before, it works pretty well. I'm just going to host this locally here on my computer. You know, I actually totally forgot that I had an older version of XAMPP installed on here, so this should just be fine. Um, I'll just need to find where this is all installed. Looks like I just have it on the C drive here in XAMPP, uh, which I think it was htdocs, that was it. Yeah, htdocs should be where the website's gonna go. So I'm going to go ahead, open this up here, get the code. Do I really need this? Eh, that's fine. I'll just go ahead and grab it all. 
and we're just going to throw this all into the htdocs folder. So from here, we should be able to just start. Stas change detected, running up. That's all good at this point. Let's see if we can hit this here locally. And here we go. This might not look like all too much because this looks pretty similar to what we would see if we're going to be jailbreaking PS4 with Poob S4. Uh, but this is significant because this is running on my computer right here, which means I'm able to successfully host this website. My computer's on my network. My PS5 I got on my network, so we should be able to access this. All right, so I think this uh, I think this might be the first time I've had a PS5 here on ModChat, but either way, let's go ahead and go through this process. So I will show you all that this PS5, we can go over to Settings, System, System Software Console Information. And as you can see, this is on the proper firmware we need to be on. So I, I hate how long these system software version strings are now, but you can see it's 21.02-04.03. So that's what people mean when they refer to 04.03. So we have that all set up. That's all good. I also do have this connected to the internet, but I am running Al Azif's exploit host on here, uh, just using their DNS. So that way, all PlayStation traffic is blocked on here. I can have this on my network. I can have it on the internet, but it's not going to touch PlayStation or Sony servers. So with that, I'm going to come over to the user's guide, launch this. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Here we go. As you can see, we have this loaded up here and I'm going to tap L2 twice. And there we go. We have the URL redirector. So for this, I'm going to enter in my own local IP address. Let me just punch this in real quick. So there we go. That is my local computer. It should just be over port 80, but actually I need to change that real quick. Uh, this is going to be just regular HTTP, and I guess if I want to, I don't need to specify port 80, it's fine. I'm going to hit submit. Let's see what happens here. So, okay, it's doing the same uh, typical freezing thing. We get that, that, that. Are we going to get anything else? I know this is kind of what the whole uh, font face exploit does here, but I don't know where the success point is on here, so... Let's just wait a bit. Well, I can certainly give this another shot here. Let me try and reload that. Okay, let's see. Okay, so we got the freeze again. I just wanna see if it has any other prompts on here. Th that might be it. Hmm, I thought I was gonna get more prompts. I know there's been, I think a few months ago when I had seen this ported, uh, there was a Twitter video I saw where there was a lot more prompts that were coming up for this. That was for PS4 and PS5. But I think that that might be about it on here. There's not all too much else you can really do with this. Like this is not going into, you know, an awaiting payload state or anything. Um, just because again, this is only the WebKit exploit. And if people want to discover a kernel exploit and kind of tie it into this WebKit exploit, you know, using the WebKit exploit to gain that kernel level access and doing it, <laughs> chaining it all together, uh, then that's what this is for, and this could hopefully help with. But yeah, just here by itself, I kind of want to show you all as well too, there's not all too much that's going to be to it, and really nothing for a standard end user here. I could even try this one more time here, so just loading that back up. Getting a freeze again, maybe. It's not like fully frozen here, because I can 
still, you know, move this around, control it. Yeah, that's about all I'm getting on that. So there we go. I mean, you all got to see the exploit run three times in succession here. Uh, I I really don't think there's that there's too much else to this right now if you want to give it a shot. But there we go. That is at least showing that it works, I suppose. <laughs> it's also worth noting that Spectre had tweeted this out shortly after this had been released. Uh, and he's stating here, was hoping to get XFAT bug working, but the exploit scenario on PS5 is much tougher than PS4. Might still be possible to find a way, but a lot of work will need to be put into finding a viable path. But at least the user land portion is out there so it can be attempted slash tested. Lily, what are you doing with your life? this dog i swear anyways we have uh, some xbox 360 related stuff on here which y'all know i do love the xbox 360 the modding scene on there so it's always a pleasure when i'm able to cover it here and we got actually two things from same person friend of the show balika 011 uh one of them here involving well this guy which we're going to be opening up for the first time i'm not going to be doing anything i guess on camera for this but this right here is a raspberry pi specifically a raspberry pi pico uh, and this is pretty significant because, well, it's going to be a little bit more useful for the Xbox 360. In comes Pico Flasher, again brought to us by Balika011. And this here just coming down on the GitHub page is Pico Flasher, an open source Xbox 360 NAND Flasher firmware for the Raspberry Pi Pico. So it's short, sweet, and to the point. We can look at the releases here, and it looks like this works with Windows and JRunner. It adds big block support, so that would be, you know, Jasper systems there, adds fast flash read support, adds ISD12XX programming support, so audible feedback when you press power or eject. That's really cool. Alright, so you can program all the sounds on a system if you want to, but either way, this is just a firmware that you end up flashing to your Raspberry Pi Pico, and then you can use it as a NAND reader and writer. Now, you cannot use this to program a glitch chip, so if you're wanting to get a glitch chip and flash it with different timings and stuff, you can't do it using only this. Now, there are many other NAND flashers out there that will do that and more. Uh, for example, I have right here which was sent to me, thank you to uh, Element, <laughs> uh, thank you to Element for this, or the mod shop, but this here is the X-Flasher 360, uh, where this is kind of just an all-in-one program where you're able to read, write, program a NAND on the system, uh, as well as glitch chips and other little devices as well too. I know since this is based off of the, well not based off it, but it's the, I guess same like physical design and cables and everything as the JR programmer, that's it. There's so many programmers that it's kind of escaping me right now. Uh, since it's kind of based off that, I guess if you also have like a Sonus 360, which is a little speaker module, uh, you can even program that as well too. Uh, however, this does more on that, uh, while as the Pico Flasher is only for the NAND read writing. Uh, the difference here being is that, you know, any type of flasher like this could probably go, I say the, I see these days maybe 15 20 if you really want to wait a while all the way up to you know 30 40 50 sometimes if you wanted to get something nicer like the nandex i'm sure they're even more expensive uh however pico flasher uh if you can find one you know locally or i guess with a raspberry pi pico um uh, four bucks 
And there's like no shortage of these. I mean, they're all over the place. Uh, Funny story, I actually went to go pick one of these up uh, at a local store. And when I went there, I asked like, hey, do you all have any raspberry pies? And the woman was, she kind of just like grimaced. She's like, oh, uh, I don't think we have any. Um, Which one are you looking for? And she kind of like grabs a bag of raspberry pies. And I said, oh, I'm looking for the Pico. She's like, oh, oh, yeah, we have so many of those. How many do you need? And she just had a bag full of them. So I think she probably had that reaction because she thought I was asking for like the raspberry pie four, like the newest one there. But no, nobody's really getting the Picos. And again, these are four bucks. So you know what this is really good for? Well, I in, in this case here, if you're going to be doing RGH3, because at that point, you're really just modifying the NAND. You're going to, you know, wire up everything. You're going to use your resistor, your diode. If you have a fat system, you'll need a diode or recommended to have one at least. Uh, and then the wiring on there. But since you're not messing around with the glitch chip, you could do this pretty cheap. Like, you could hard mod a system for like five bucks at this point now. Because you're just going to have a few cents worth of products on the system itself. You don't need the glitch chip. And then if you buy one of these for four or five bucks, you're good at that point. That's awesome. <laughs> this is great. This is great. We have another release here from Belika 11 for the Xbox 360. And this here is, I suppose, a fork, you could say. Uh, this is JRunner with extras, it shows here. But this is actually called JRunner Pro. So this is his own fork of this here. It states here the ultimate RGH JTAG app. System requirements, it's x86 Windows based, Windows Vista SP2 or later, or Windows XP SP3 is supported with limited functionality, .NET Framework 4.8, and a USB 2.0 port for hardware devices. Now, we can take a look at the releases here, and just looking at what's been added to JRunner Pro specifically, there is Pico Flasher support. This has been updated to the .NET Framework 4.8. See, it's lots of bug fixes and minor bug fixes, which I'm not sure which ones these are, but, you know, we can even fire this up as well, too. Let me give this a download. I downloaded the zip file. We have it extracted. Let's load up JRunner. And here we go. It was able to verify that it's all up to date and everything. I mean, it already has XFlasher support in there because that's what JRunner with extras has, which is the uh, fork that... Really, that's the main one to be used now, and that's what Octal or Josh ends up maintaining. Uh, but just looking at this here, yeah, we have, you know, X-Flasher on that, all the advanced stuff there, NAND. This is pretty slick, too, just coming up here. Shortcuts, you can do... What is this a... Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you're able to do a little bit of that. I'm going to go ahead and come up to uh, Report Issue, for example. View open issues, create new issue. That's actually pretty cool. You can just report them right here on the GitHub. So that's awesome. Then you can create a new issue, which will take you to that same place. Close out of this. We can also come over to about, and we have a real cool credit sequence right here as well too. So you'll see who's been working on what, who's been adding things. And this is just real neat to see overall. So I do know at this point now we have like the original JRunner, which I wouldn't recommend anybody really uses. We have JRunner with extras, which Josh or Octal450 has really been heading the development of. And now there's also JRunner Pro. Uh, so I'm hoping that both of these will have, a, you know, pretty steady development on them and there'll be even more improvements that we'll see, as well as, you know, keeping everything open source so everything can be shared. That's awesome. But either way, I mean, this is 
great to see so far. Just more love for the Xbox 360. Now, at the end of these episodes, I typically like to cover something that is interesting, funny, cool, random, what have you in regards to the modding scene, but I always try and kind of relate it back to modding. I guess you could say more of a lighthearted type thing or just like, hey, this is really awesome. Take a look at this where I thought this was funny. So I've covered quite a few different things during this last bit here, if I can include these on the episodes. But either way, we actually have something related to other way. The PlayStation 2 back here. It's interesting. I'll show you all. This here is from the PlayStation 2 Revival Project, and this is MPS2Craft. Now, this is in Spanish and English, so thankfully there's a translation here. It's just available in you know, both languages. But it states, MPS2Craft is an open-world cube game where you can build as far as your imagination can go. This is based on the hit game of the same style. I like how they... Good, they, they say it. I like that. This game was created from zero. Now, it's stating all the credits here, so Felipe MZ for the lead developer, Maxing for the director, Vorderex, Jeff Ghostly, and Elias or Master Vector for the graphic designers, and then the assistant programmer is Lucas A33. And then there's some additional collaborators here as well, too. So real awesome to see. Now, it's also stating here, it is very important to keep in mind that this is the first avail version available to the entire public. The game comes in .l format, so you need you launch elf. It's from fans to fans. We want to make the project grow, so if you're going to make a video about the game, we would appreciate very much the credits to our project. It's not a port. This game was created totally from zero. For use in OPL, the config file is copied to mc0 slash OPL. And this is actually, it's even stating here this was a Christmas present, so... Uh, th this has been kind of, I guess, a few months late here, but I didn't see it until recently. And of course, you can download it, and again, it's a archive which has a ELF file which you can play around with, and it's like less than a megabyte. It's pretty small. Now, I'm going to be honest, I did think of doing kind of a show and tell for this as well, too, but I, I also have to be really honest with you all. This is no slight to the developers behind, you know, the original inspiration or even MPS2 craft. Um... I just don't really like Minecraft, um, and it's it's not only that I don't like it, it's that the game puts me to sleep. Like, it literally puts me to sleep. I've tried it so many times, and the game just truly puts me to sleep. Like, I'm sure if you all had me try out MPS2 craft, like, actually sit here, awake, try and do a video on it, uh, well, actually, I'll show you what would happen. So, yeah, that's about it on there. If you're wanting to give this a shot, definitely try it out. It's a free download. You can just launch it through Ulaunch Elf, which is an Elf file, and you can have a lot of fun with it. Like I said, for me, I'm just not big into Minecraft, and Minecraft does put me to sleep. So, if I don't have, you know, melatonin or any other sleep aid, Minecraft is pretty good. And I, and I mean that... With true sincerity, I don't mean that to as any slight or uh, any disrespect to the developers on here. It's just, I'm just not really into Minecraft. But I respect the project here. I respect the craft, so to speak. And I also respect MPS2 craft. That's about it.
Anyways, this is Mr. Mario is signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode of Mod Chat and you're checking it out here on YouTube, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. But even then, now that we're at the end here, hmm, I typically try and pick a keyword for this and or a key phrase. So if you use this keyword or key phrase in a comment on the YouTube upload, I'll know that you've made it to the end when I go through and read the comments and such. So what am I going to pick for this here? How about, because I'm seeing this on my desk, how about battery? You know what, battery. What type of batteries do you use? What is your favorite kind of battery? Do you hate it when your batteries end up expiring or they just, you know, run out of juice and you have to replace them? Are you one of those people, like, if you're playing with an Xbox 360 or an Xbox One or Xbox Series controller and your batteries die, that you go over to your remote and you pull the batteries out of there? Like, just use the word battery. If you use the word battery in your comment on the YouTube upload, I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, and again, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching and listening, everyone. Until next month.